0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to RosePod, Classes to Careers. I'm your host, Isaac Town.
1: And I'm Reese Seeger. Today, we're going to be talking about undergraduate research opportunities, specifically at Rose Holman. And we have a very special guest, my very own department head, the department head of chemistry and biochemistry department here at Rose Holman, Dr. Ross Weatherman.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Dr. Weatherman, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up here at Rose?
2: Yeah, so my name's Ross Weatherman. I have a PhD in chemistry. I'm a native of Indiana. And I grew up just north here of Terre Haute. And I went to college thinking I was going to become a doctor. I was going to be an MD. And so I went to Wabash College as an undergraduate as a chemistry major because I thought that was going to be the easiest route to be in a pre-med. And then I took organic chemistry my sophomore year. And it sort of opened my eyes to how they discover medicine and how they sort of invent new drugs. And to me, then I was just totally hooked on, I want to be involved in sort of the research and discovery side of pharmaceuticals. So then I got my PhD. I went to get my PhD in chemistry at University of Wisconsin-Madison. And then after that, I went out to San Francisco and worked at the University of California, San Francisco, which is a, the medical center for the, one of the major flagship med centers for UC. And I was a American cancer fellow there for the American Cancer Society. And we we're working on the discovery of new breast cancer drugs in the college of pharmacy. So, so then how did I end up at rose Holman? Well, I still love to teach and sort of my first route though, did not land me in rose Holman. I went to Purdue university. So I was a professor there for eight years in the department of medicinal chemistry and molecular pharmacology, where I ran a research group. I had 10 graduate students. I had external funding, did all the things that you needed to do. And we were, again, focusing on discovering new breast cancer drugs. And then I realized that what I really loved more than that graduate level research with graduate students was finding excited undergraduates who say, I want to discover something, right? I want to learn something new and then sort of show them how to do that, like how to start that process. So, So I decided I wanted to focus on a place that would still let me do the kind of research that I've been doing at Purdue, but do it at the undergrad level. And at the time, Rose Holman was hiring, and so I moved here in 2009, and I've been working on you know teaching chemistry and biochemistry as well as having research students. I've probably had 40 to 45 undergraduate researchers who've worked for me since 2009. I became department head four years ago, but I still managed to keep an active research group.
1: I mean, obviously – you're super involved in research. How do you think research opportunities set up students for the future? Like, you know, what's the benefit of doing research in college?
2: So, I think there's a couple benefits. One is obviously if your career goal is to be a researcher, you want to go out and investigate something new. You want to be, whether it's looking at pharmaceuticals like I do, or or looking at you know various sources of biology or physics. And in engineering as well, if you're interested in sort of, I want to discover new things, I think that is an obvious connection. You get to start doing that here and you get to do it on real problems, right? But even if you're not, if you think, I I don't want to be a researcher, but What research allows you to do because you don't know the answer, right? So a lot of times people in high school, they'll work on problems and the answer, did I get it right or did I not, right? And so when you do research, the answer is, I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody in the universe has ever known this, except now you do potentially because you're going to have those issues regardless of whatever career you go into where you're not going to know the right a- you're not gonna there's not a right answer and so the question is can you design or can you think about the problem in a way that gives you a conclusive answer and that's really at research what you're trying to do is get conclusive answers and that fires all sorts of brain cells in there and gets all sorts of things going so it's useful for just about anybody but again obviously if you're going to be research it's basically training wheels for what you're going to want to
0: do yeah for sure I've done a little bit of research here at Rose and even if it I'm actually in the middle jumping between professors and who I'm researching with. And I I agree that it's definitely led me to think about things in different ways in terms of, when bringing my internships into that, when I've been doing research these past couple of summers, it's been a lot of, you don't really know what the answer is, go out and find one. Like you read the papers, you make your implementations, you test various things you tinker with that you realize, oh, maybe this is why X, Y, Z is happening. Maybe if I change this, something different will happen. I think you're absolutely right in terms of the the different problem-solving skills and things like that it brings to the table regardless of what you're doing.
2: But it can also be really satisfying, right? I mean, there's almost nothing better than if you love that satisfaction of I figured something out, right? You can just say I'm I'm so smart. I figured something out, right? And so that's that's an addictive feeling, right? Because a lot of times you're you're not, you're wrong, right? I mean, it's part of the process. You're not always going to be right. A lot of times you're going to come up with an idea and it's not going to be a good idea. And that's okay, it's fine, you know? It's kind of, if people like puzzles, right? It can sometimes be frustrating because the answer may not be there, right? You may not have an answer book to look in the back and find out what it is. At the same time, it's so intellectually satisfying when something works well. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah,
1: and it's interesting to hear like, Isaac, like, I, I didn't know you did research. That kind of transitions us into a question of, like, when people hear research, you think straight science. Even I personally feel like when I think research, but I feel like I see so many of our, like, engineering majors and our technology majors, like, doing research. Dr. Weatherman, you're more science related, but can you speak just a little bit about like what type of undergraduate research projects are possible in engineering, math, technology, you know, things other than science?
2: Yeah. So I think the thing that's really appealing about working at a place like rose Holman is that First of all, it's almost kind of a vibe instead of sort of there's not like a formal definition. The formal definition we have when it comes to giving you a grade for it is it usually needs to be something that we're not already teaching. But typically it's an open-ended question, right? And so there are lots of open-ended questions where people could be, you know, in engineers, we have lots of engineering students that are that might be trying to adapt a certain process. So for instance, in chemical engineering, we have a number of students that are trying to develop maybe more environmentally friendly methods of doing things that that are already done in industry. Mechanical engineers might be designing a new type of device to measure, maybe a vibration or something like that. So all of these things, they're still solving problems, which is fundamentally kind of the engineering mindset, but they're doing so in an open fashion. So they're learning something new. And I think The thing that's really appealing is that pretty much all of our faculty, because we rely on PhD faculty, they've all done research as part of their training. So we all know how to do research and we encourage our faculty to continue doing that as a way to sort of keep your mind fresh. A lot of times they just want to share it with people. So computer science, you know, mathematics has research, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of a math researcher, right? Or math, but, but they have, you know, they're trying to solve sort of new ways to solve problems or ways to simplify statistics or whatever the case may be, or analyze data sets. And so all of us are, you know, I think the faculty here have an inherent curiosity that allows research to be done pretty much in anything even you know in the humanities so a lot of times it's you know compare these books and, and try to figure out if you can find some connections or some sort of context based on history so it's really an exciting because these are the sorts of conversations you get into people where you realize they're an expert in something that you know nothing about and it's just fascinating to talk to them and learn all about it
0: and just kind of add on to what you were saying reese so the research i, I did initially that actually was more science-based it was reading in like brain signals, EEG, and then processing that to see if you could tell the difference between certain events, things like that. So I think something to keep in mind for all the future researchers out there is that there are a lot of fields that are multidisciplinary. Because I mean, I'm, for example, I'm a computer engineering major who wants to do biomedical engineering related things in the future. So I'm taking, in the moment, I'm in neural and endocrine physiology as a computer engineer. If you have an interest in something, talk to somebody about it ask some questions. And once you start finding those people you need to talk to, a lot of opportunities can open up that way.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, it's definitely like a good baseline, obviously, but I feel like you can go almost anywhere with any major here at Rose. I just feel like there are endless amounts of opportunities and careers that everybody is going into. And there's a lot of people who tend to go towards research. I feel like research is a big one. Biotech is a big growing one. Dr. Weatherman, do you have any advice for people like coming in on just kind of like how to get into research? Are there things they should do before coming into college to help them? Anything like that in general? Any advice overall?
2: Yeah. So let's say you're a high school student who knows they really love to try research. And, you know, Rose Holman is built that we can have research experiences right away, regardless of your major. Now, you know, the advice is that for every student, maybe not. Sometimes you might want to wait a quarter just to make sure you know what it's like to be in college before you then sign up for a research project. Because one of the things that always is true of research, and my wife reminds me us all the time because she's waiting for me to come home sometimes. It's like, sometimes it takes longer than you think it's going to take. <laughs> yeah. You end up, so you say, oh yeah, this experiment will be done by five o'clock. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, I might be home at six. So as a freshman, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think maybe a quarter, just kind of wait and see. But in terms of the things you can do now, let's say you're really excited. I mean, you know, there are high schoolers that do research opportunities, right? So Rose Holman offers Operation Catapult. A lot of those have research projects built into them. Project Select has it as well. It's the same sort of as as any college preparation. So sort of the more information you can have if you're taking AP courses and things like that, that'll help you sort of advance. Because it obviously... The research projects, you know, that we offer freshmen, a lot of times we have to sort of cut some corners because there's going to be some stuff you don't know, right? And so for me, you know, it's, if a student hasn't had organic chemistry, we sort of deal with that research project in a different way than if they do know organic chemistry. And so, if you can get into the a little bit of those sort of college level courses, that can prepare you for that sort of level. But really, you just need to be curious, right? And so, in terms of you know, if if I were a freshman, I really want to do research. You can talk to your advisor, your freshman advisor. You can talk to department heads. You can talk to any. If you look on the internet and you see a professor you think is really cool, then just send him an email or send her an email. And so, I think the easiest thing in the world to get a professor to talk about is themselves. And so, if you ask them about their research and the fact you're interested in the research, they've been dying for somebody to say that, right? So, does that mean automatically I can work for that person? Well, sometimes you got to see how the relationship goes, but, but I think that. Just being curious and exploring, I think, is is how you do it. And then talking to other students about who sort of has res I mean, there are certain faculty that have a bunch of research students. And so you can kind of join sort of a little community, a little group of people that are all working together. And so it just kind of depends on what you're sort of looking for. But again, just sort of curiosity, exploration, and then science and math classes, right? So that'd be great.
0: Yeah, for sure. Something I of course, we're both tour guides since the whole admissions podcast. It's something I always tell people when we walk through Myers where a lot of the the labs are for research and things like that. I tell people, if you're interested in something, look on the website. Every professor that has a profile on there has their research interests and if they're interested, send an email. The worst thing they can do is say no. Yeah. Exactly. And then you can get some more of those skills, things like that, and go back into it. And you're absolutely right that There is kind of a community because at one point or another, you know, someone who does research, they talk about it. And I know when I was initially trying to figure out how everything worked, I talked to some of my upperclassmen about how do you actually get involved in this? Is there kind of like a process or any of these things? And they gave me some recommendations and I kind of went forward with that. So there's that degree of advocating for yourself when it comes to actually going and talking to people. Other than that, you're right that curiosity is... Curiosity is fun. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And, you know, and I will say that, you know, so so I used to teach at Purdue, right? And So people often ask, like, okay, what's the difference between Purdue and rose Holman? And I said, you know, being able to go into a professor's office at rose Holman and ask them, hey, I'd like to do research with you, is a lot easier than to go into a person's office at Purdue, right? At Purdue, you're going to have to go through all sorts of other people, and they're going to have a lot of, you're not actually going to work with that professor. And so I think you know, it, it's kind of a unique feature of how I think Rose Holman wants to be so engaged with the students that you'll always get an audience. Now, whether or not it turns into a research project, is kind of going to depend, right?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's good that Rose is very research-focused, I feel like, and its small size definitely helps. You know, we're majority undergraduate while, I mean, we, offer, we do offer graduate, but I feel like there aren't too many. I don't know the exact numbers. I don't know if either of you guys do.
2: Depends on the department. So some departments have more master students than others. I I would say it's it's generally a small percentage. It's, you know, less than 10 percent, probably 5 percent.
1: Do you think that's like a benefit? Do you think it's better to do undergraduate research at an institution that is more undergraduate focused or do you think it really matters when it comes to things like that?
2: Uh, It depends a little bit on the kind of person you are. So they do great research at these large institutions, right? But remember that those are the real priority there is graduate students and postdoctoral scientists and things like that, that are doing that research. Now they encourage undergraduates to do it. And so there's this huge plethora of projects you could potentially work on. But again, you're not the priority, right? Yeah. Training you on how to do research. So what you usually do is you get paired with a older graduate, a graduate student, or a postdoc. You don't really see the professor, maybe ever. And I mean, I've, I know this because I had undergraduates that worked for me at Purdue, and you know, and the reality is, is I, I liked having them, but I didn't interact with them hardly at all. Here we are specifically training on you. Now the downside is, is that you know we have fewer faculty that do research just because we're a smaller college, right? So Purdue mm. has. 5,000 faculty that do research or whatever, 2,000, and we have 200. But at the same time, what we give you is you're working directly with the professor. It's really directed at undergraduate and sort of developing those skills. So sometimes, you know, you can have a great undergraduate research experience at big schools. And we even encourage our students during the summer to maybe try to find an internship at one of these big schools just to see what it's like. It's an exciting place. I, mean, I really enjoyed working at Purdue in terms of there's always something really exciting happening. Like, you know, that was going to be on the news like that night or something. Cause it was such a cool discovery, but you never, the personal touch part of it was sort of missing. And so I think that that would be why I think undergraduate research at an undergraduate institution is so appealing.
0: Yeah. Especially while you're trying to figure out, I know something for me was coming into Rose, I thought I wanted to do research, but I never done it before. I wasn't sure if I actually wanted to do research. So being in an environment where I can actually get feedback and talk to people who've done this before and kind of get suggestions and stuff like that from them was really helpful in that regard. Because especially with some of the professional development things they've had for my department, have people have professors from other colleges come in and talk about graduate programs and things like that and kind of explaining that whole process and tying that in with the research that you can do here is or the kind of the skills you can learn here, it was really, it was really eye opening in that regard, because it helped me realize that, while well, there may be some limitations here and there in reality, when you're doing research, as both of you have said many times, there, there are really a lot of places you can, you can take it and it doesn't need to be anything massive initially. I know you mentioned Project Select. I was actually mentioned this last episode that I, I was part of the inaugural session of that. So that's,
2: uh, that's, okay. that's
0: right. I, I was here for that. And Project Select compared to Project Catapult is more of like many, many research activities, I suppose. But doing that and the one that happened in the, actually in the biomedical department, uh, using an oscilloscope and moving a little 3D printed finger and that kind of stuff, being able to mess with that and see how a change could cause something to happen and then realizing, oh, what if this was applied on a greater level? What if this was applied for... In this case, it was using muscle like signals to move a little robotic finger or 3D printed finger. But what if it was moving a whole arm? What if it was moving a whole leg? There are a lot of places you can go from a really small starting point. That's why I think it, I definitely think it's cool that just building off of something someone else has researched and kind of taking that one step farther can make a lot of changes in the future.
2: Yeah. I mean, we did for this last Operation Catapult. So I ran a group and our projects were. I wanted to discover novel antibiotics in various types of natural occurring things. And so I just had the group say, pick something that you think is healthy, and we're going to see if it kills bacteria. And then we're going to try to isolate the compounds out of it and figure out what compounds are doing the killing, right? And so so I I did it for two different sessions of Catapult. And so it was a totally open-ended question. I had no idea if it was going to work or not. But they grew up bacteria, and they made little petri dishes and did all the sort of stuff. And these are, you know, high school students. The first group picked garlic, which made the lab smell like a <laughs> uh, uh, like an Olive Garden. And then the next session, I thought, well, we'll just do garlic again because that worked pretty well. And these students were like, we want to do honey, so we, they did honey, which turned out to be kind of complicated because it's really sticky. And so instead, of, it smelled better, but we got stuck on every everything got stuck together. And so, but they did find. <laughs> They found there was antibiotic activity in honey and also in this garlic. Now, when we tried to get the I- compounds isolated, we got it narrowed down to about four or five compounds, and we kind of ran out of time before we kind of figure out it was. But that's not a crazy sort of you know high-tech sort of idea, and it was still something that was really, I think the students really enjoyed it. They were really excited. Every time they got the data, they're like, oh my gosh, look, it worked. So, So that was fun.
0: Yeah, the, the, oh my gosh, it worked feeling never really fades. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: How big of a group would you say you have now for research and what are some standout projects that you can think about that? Just, you know, some examples of what people are doing right now.
2: Um, Yeah. So if we just think about the sciences, you know, if we're just talking about in terms of personally, so I try to have two to four students. Usually I try to have them spread out over age groups. So I usually kind of have maybe one or two seniors, one or two juniors, one or two sophomores. Then if there's a freshman that's really go-getter, you know, and so we're working on developing new breast cancer drugs by making derivatives of sort of that look similar to existing drugs, but we add some sort of flourishes that we have found sort of on the molecular level have had it changes their activity in a way that changes their side effect profile and also changes the way they work against breast cancer that's become resistant to certain kinds of therapies. And so our students make these, they design the compound, they sort of draw it out figure out how they're going to build it. Then they make it, you know, using organic chemistry. And then if, you know, time permits, we'll test it in sort of test tube experiments. And we'll also grow up breast cancer cells that we can sort of grow in Petri dishes and treat those cells and see if we can kill them. It's the very early stages of the drug development process or drug discovery process. And so, that's similar to sorts of things that happen, you know, in research companies and all sorts of things where we're trying to do that. So Dr. Poland in the chemistry department, so she has been working on ways to convert carbon dioxide into reusable materials such as polymers, right? So, so if it's the idea, can you sequester that carbon dioxide in some form that allows you to then use it? So for instance, could we take CO2 and make it into plastic, right? And so it would help sort of with, two problems, right? So the fossil fuels going into plastic and also the fact that we have excess CO2 levels that we have to need to deal with. If we look at sort of biology and physics, biology, Dr. Hill, she has some interesting project where she's looking at how specific proteins and how they fold in terms of what sort of molecular forces are involved to actually get those proteins to adopt a correct shape because there are a number of disorders where the shape gets distended or gets distorted because those thermodynamic forces aren't working the right way. And so so understanding that sort of basic principle works. Physics has a ton of great projects looking at developing quantum computing and various kinds of new laser-based switches and devices. And so it's really exciting to see, you know, chemical engineering. We had one group that was working on trying to figure out how to make various kinds of ice cream, vegan ice cream. That's one where, you know, you would think, well, that just sounds like cooking, right? But actually, there's a lot of materials and sort of how liquids work and emulsions and things like that involved. And so it's really exciting because we have these research presentations. A lot of times they're at the end of the quarter or at the end of the summer. And you just see all the different things that people are doing. It's always so exciting. It's, it's,
0: It's really fun. Actually, speaking of those summer opportunities, could you touch a little more on that? I know I've heard various things about how and I've seen some professors have people stay over the summer and then they work on a project with them. Can you speak a bit more to that?
2: Yeah. So, so we encourage our students, you know, especially time during those summers between years, but especially later. So like between sophomore and junior year, between junior and senior year is really the time when you should be trying to, if you, if you're interested in, research as a career is trying to get some extra summer research opportunities. And so some of those could be through internships or through what we call research experiences for undergrads at sort of large research universities. Those are sort of special programs, but we also run our own and it's gone under various names over the years. Currently it's called our surf and the program. So you get paid, you work as an intern here on campus and you stay basically on campus and work for 10 weeks working on a research project. It's a 40-hour week. We try to have some fun activities, canoe trips, and things like that. There's usually all sorts of people on campus because of camps and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's not too dead around here during the summer, but then that's an opportunity to really spend a lot of time on a project. So when students get that sort of summer opportunity, it can really be helpful. Sometimes they could even get a scientific publication or a scientific poster that they can present at a national meeting out of those sorts of meetings. And so different professors will sort of do it in different years. Chemistry and, and the sciences typically have been really active during the summer, but all departments usually have at least one or two faculty that are taking summer students. And so that sort of starts coming out and sort of, you know, end of March and things like that, or end of February that we see those sort of opportunities being announced and people are still trying to figure out their summer plans. And so, so usually we're just sort of in the mix that if they don't necessarily get that internship they're looking for, or they just really want to work on this particular project with, with a professor, then we figure out how to make it work. Very cool.
1: Yeah. I think we can somewhat start wrapping up a little bit Any last closing statement, advice, anything that you feel wasn't said or you want the demographic, you know, mostly incoming students or people in high school to hear or to know about research opportunities at Rose and just in college in general?
2: Yeah. So what I would say is that it's okay if you don't know what you want to do and it's okay if if it sounds like it's something you might be interested in, but you're not sure, and it's like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't really – I can't imagine myself being like that guy I see on TV pretending to be a researcher. Maybe he actually is a researcher, right? But the reality is is that everybody starts somewhere. And so if you've just been interested in how things work – and again, you don't, once you start it, you don't have to keep doing it. Some people start doing it. It's like, man, nothing ever works, and I just get frustrated because even if it works once out of ten times – I expect it to work nine out of 10 times. And it's like, well, at least, it, you know, so that's, it's, it's a mentality that some people have and some people don't. So just try it. You know, it's okay. It's, it's low stakes. You can probably learn something. It'll look good and see if that's something that you like. And so I I think college is a time that while some people come in, they know exactly what they want to do and they end up doing it. That's great. But I think what college really is to figure out what you want to do, right? And figuring stuff out is what research is. So, I would encourage people to to think about it and and even if you that may not be what you want to do professionally, I think it's still something that you should at least try and see what it's like. So For sure. And preferably at Rose Holman. So yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. well, obviously. Obviously. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Weatherman, for taking time out of your, I'm sure, very busy day from what it sounds like, to spend some time and answer some of our questions. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. And if people have questions or listening to this podcast, your vast audience and have questions they want to send, you know, you can find me on the internet if you just look up Ross Weatherman, just like the TV guy, Weatherman, <laughs> um at Rose Holman, you'll find me and you'll find my picture and my address and email address and all that stuff. So so just contact me and I'll be happy to help you out.
1: Yeah you're famous you're all over Rose Holman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm all over the internet I
0: don't know if that's good or not so yeah well it seems it seems in this case like that's a good thing okay
1: and for everyone listening thank you so much for spending your time with us we hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about research undergraduate research that you can do especially at Rose and how just rose as a whole fits into that equation about how research can help you with a stem career. Don't forget to subscribe to the latest episodes as well as follow us on Instagram. We're pretty easy to find, just like Dr. Weatherman, just at Rose Holman. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode of RosePod. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, everybody. Until next time.
1: Peace out.